Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, Chef Emily. This is Shay or Shalon calling you from Seattle. I'm sorry. It's a bit later than you asked, but I literally had it on my to-do list, and I was trying to catch up on episodes to do a good job of making notes, and then I realized it would become one of those tasks that I never do in trying to do a better job, so I should just do it. So anyway, regarding the podcast, I want to say I love the personal stories. I think it's really good to share them when you don't have guests, like with your producer talking back and forth, and then when you have guests, to definitely like guide them and let them shine because they're new and exciting to the listener. And also, when you have guests, to make sure to say their names a few times and plug their contact, you know, their Instagram, what I go to most often, but whatever it is, at least their name, so that people can look them up, because often people are multitasking and look up your guests at the same time, and it's cool when we all link to each other, just like how we found you. Also, in that same vein, I think, like, Instagram posts related to your segments is a great way to connect and bond with the audience, because whenever you're talking about something, I often go to your Instagram to see if there's some visual to back it up, because it feels so personal and cool to actually get some idea of what you're talking about in multiple senses. I had an audible gasp when I heard the Kyra saw message, because I'm a huge fan of cooking. I was actually roasting rainbow carrots. And my boyfriend thought something had happened because he didn't know. Uh, and it was like, I had to explain about the Kyrie's bomb message, and I don't think he cared, but it was exciting to me. So anyway, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts, but I'll keep listening and hopefully have another, or a food question soon. Thanks so much for being such a avid host and caring about your people that listen to your show. It's really awesome. And, uh, yeah. Just makes me appreciate your podcast even more. Hope you're having a great week. And again, this is Shay from Shay's Kitchen or Shay Town uh, in Seattle. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode number 98, the last one. The last one in this season before we go on summer break. Joining me in the studio is my producer, Ann Hogan. Hi, Ann. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? All right. Not too bad. Are you looking forward to our break? I am. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just kind of like... Yeah, just the rest of enjoying the rest of the summer. I think the last two weeks of August should be held sacred. Like you don't just don't do anything, don't Mm -hmm. plan anything or plan something and go somewhere spectacular or just stay in your house and don't force yourself to work like reset and then get ready to go back to school. Even if school is like so far in your past, you're like school. What is Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Do you have that? I think I gravitated towards being a teacher because I really like the schedule. I I like the like reset of the fall. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. 
Last night was one of the first cool nights. Did you see on Instagram? I posted a picture of my Swedish meatballs that I made from scratch. I was like, <laughs> it's cool. I'm going to braise something in like sour cream and beef stock. It was, they were so good. And my husband was like, it goes below 80 and you like break out the... And you're like, we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Break out the Northern European food. I'm like, yes. Um, so yeah, and we are joined by resident clean person, friend of the show, personal friend of mine, Jolie Care. Hi, Emily. Hi, Jolie. I'm so happy to have you I'm here. I'm very excited to be here. I wanted to send off the listeners of Sharp and Hot with a like clean person final before we, you know, pull ourselves back together for the school year. Uh, like a, a final get yourself together. Yeah. Well, you've done all this cooking. I've done a lot of time, cooking. Now it's time to clean up. And I want you to know, yesterday, in anticipation of the show, just in case it came up, I changed my sheets. Oh, and, so happy. And my shower curtain liner. Woo! So okay. I was like, last yesterday, I was like, that smell of fresh vinyl. I was like, she'd yeah. be so proud. <laughs> I saw a guy at the laundromat washing his liner yesterday. I, I like wanted to get up and shake his hand. I was so proud of him. I've done that. I was that. like, good for you. Are you one of my readers? Like, <laughs> yes. I was really proud. I have done that because there are stories on the internet that if you read them will make you feel really bad about throwing away shower curtain liners like it basically is like enough shower curtain liners to get thrown away to basically cover all of the Serengeti desert every yeah. year like, oh yeah oh, absolutely it's, it's wasteful I mean it's I understand wasteful. I don't I try not to come down too hard on people when they th- opt to throw them away because they're inexpensive and I get that it's easier to just throw them away and get a new one, but also like that's so much landfill. Mm-hmm. So for people who are wondering how to wash a uh, shower curtain, uh, even though it's a little off topic for us, um, you, well, can, so, you know, we're just going to, while we're here, yeah, we're just going to do it all. We're going to do it all. Um, uh, throw it in the washing machine, uh, cold water, obviously not hot water. Cause you might melt the, curtain so you say obviously um, like i was just um, thinking yeah. i think i washed mine with hot water was that why it shredded it came out like it looked like fettuccine <laughs> do you have do you have a top loader with a center agitator i do yes okay so the reason that I, that was going to be so my next co- okay. <laughs> caveat of the of the washing the the shower curtain liner um so so cold water regular amount of detergent uh if you are doing things that can be bleached uh, a little bit of bleach, or if not, you can just use a little bit of white vinegar, which will kill all that mold and mildew and that that or- sort of orangey pink, pink yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bacteria called Seratia, Seratia, mm. Marquesans. I probably butchered that. I could spell it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, anyway, but that's what that pink... Um, pinkish orange bacteria that you get in the in the shower and on the shower curtain is um so vinegar will kill that vinegar will kill mold mildew all that kind of stuff um the reason that the curtain got shredded for you is not because you washed it on hot it was because you put it into a top loading machine with a center agitator and the agitator uh which kind of has like fins Mm -hmm, around its mm -hmm. side um will will snag on things like that so the way around that if you do have one of those machines and you still want to wash your liner is just to put uh towels in with it um, and when you load the machine, load it in such a way, if you can, that the curtain is kind of around the out, outer edge of the drum, as far away from the center, center agitator as you can, and then fill in the rest with towels. The towels will pre- protect it. It shouldn't get shredded. Um, then once it's out of the washer, don't put it in the dryer. <laughs> 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 like hot water, hot water is probably fine because you're not like it's not boiling hot water that you're talking about in your washing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not so so much hotter maybe than what you're showering with. Uh, but the dryer definitely will be way too hot for the plastic. So just um, rehang it, let it drip dry, air dry, it'll be fine. Can you hang it right back in the yes, bathtub to dry? Absolutely, just put <gasps> it right back up on the um, 
on the the rod. Now, yeah. if you're, and I know this is totally not what we're here to talk about, but I have That's to okay. one follow up question. The new one that I bought was like three bucks on the end cap at the grocery store, and I was like, I need to change this. But I know you can invest in the heavier duty, more expensive one. Yeah, I should probably, if I'm going to wash it because I have no reason not to, I have the machine, I have yeah. towels, invest in the slightly heavy duty one, heavier duty one. Um, yeah, you know what? I've gotten those before. They, they bill themselves as being like the mold free ones. They're not. <laughs> so, I mean, the mold free ones have got I've still gotten mold and mildew on, on them. So I don't I don't know, actually, if there is a, a functional difference between buying the more expensive or less expensive ones. Certainly not for the mold-free purpose. That's a, that's a that's a marketing scam. All right. Well, I will wash <laughs> the $3 one that I just had at some point, and I will report back on it. Okay. And I will do the towel thing. I'll do exactly how you said, yeah. and I'll report back. Yeah. And it may, ju- it may just be that the difference with the heavy-dutier ones is exactly that. They're just heavy, heavier-dutier. <laughs> that's hard to say, right? <laughs> and it's a really weird heavier-duty. That's the way to say it. It's like it. saying attorneys general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that it may just be be better in the machine. It may may not be as delicate and prone to shredding. But mm-hmm. yeah, you let me know. I will. Like, I will. Goes. I will have a full. And report. good for you for washing the liner. That's not a lot of people do that. Uh, you know, and like, a lot of people just leave up the nasty. Yeah, I definitely throw that away. I've never washed that in my life. Can you? But now I feel like I have to. You can try. No, you don't have to. I feel like every time Julie's on the show, or at least in the few times, I always have like my notebook out. There's always like all these like good nuggets. I'm like, okay, like things I can try. Like so freaking awesome. So now I'm up to this. Okay, good. We can. You know what Emily learned um, last week? She learned how to fold a fitted sheet. I did. Which is unfortunately not something Magic. that's like podcastable. No. We can't do that on the radio, but we could try. But we have it'll we have, go terribly. We have we have video. There's video of me on the internet doing it. There's Say a dead there. there's Say a deadspin it. video. So if you go to Deadspin and you search Jolie Care fitted sheet, you'll come up with a video. Yes. And see and so I wanna thank Che at the top of the show we played her voicemail this would be a perfect opportunity for us to post this visual thing somewhere else so that people multitasking yes. can go and look at it we should do that so we'll figure out how to do that i'm gonna that. do it right now you can do it i'm gonna do it right now okay. i'm gonna find right. it and i'm gonna put it on the facebook yeah. page we're okay. growing all right we're all great. growing together everyone carry on this is so great <laughs> this is so great so the reason we are here is because in this last two weeks of august i'm going to be traveling jack is going to be traveling i imagine listeners hopefully if you have any um opportunity will take the you know jump in a car and go somewhere mm-hmm. jump on a plane and go somewhere and i want to talk to you about some travel cleaning things awesome and then i at the end i know Anne has a clothing question okay. which is like a really good kind of back to school we need a new routine for this situation okay, okay. perfect i thank love it thank you for this topic emily this is great um, <laughs> jack i was thinking about you i was like man backcountry camping okay so let's start with the camping question Yay! i love to camp okay you have shared a picture of yourself camping at age 14 where yes. you are you have the most I, I would have had such hair envy. We're going to put the picture up. I wanted my hair to braid like that. But I, I... You know, I didn't even think of it. When I got ready to come out today, I braided my hair. <laughs> I, you look like you have a camping I, outfit I on I do look right like now. I have a camping outfit on. It's a very cute <laughs> I look ridiculous. No, you look amazing. I know, it's a, we're having weird weather today. It's a totally weird weather day. Um, so Emily's you, making Swedish meatballs. It's it, like weird it's weather right now. August, August. Yeah. it's perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, not happy about. I love that. it. I love a weather event in mm-hmm. the summer. So this has been making me very happy. I've been a little bit jealous of Boston getting hail. I'm sure people listening in Boston are like, "Are you yeah. crazy?" Yeah. But like, you watch the videos. I'm like, that looks like that looks exciting so cool. when it's just like 
a drought in New Jersey and I can't keep up with watering the garden, I'm like, yeah. we could use an event. Yeah. <laughs> so in an, uh, in the vein of self-imposed hardship, I like to take myself and my family camping. Okay. I feel like there's something very primal for me about like cooking over fire yeah. and sleeping out of doors and like wrestling the idea the idea of wrestling or fighting off a bear like that there's something like magnetic about that being outside although i did hear somebody say um why did you why would you pretend to be homeless and i was like no that's not that's not it at all <laughs> that's a that's a person who's just never been camping that's someone who's not doing it yeah. right so no, it's just someone who's never done it and doesn't get you have to do it to understand the appeal i'm not you so Emily asked me uh, last last week when she was asking me if I would come on the show. She asked me if I was a, a camper, and she was like, "I think probably not." And I was like, "I'm I'm kind of not, but not for the reason you think." Um, the reason that I'm not really a camper is because I have sweet blood and I am like a magnet for every kind of insect that bites. So, so camping tends to be really uncomfortable for me. Um, but other than that, if I could get into a camping situation where I'm not going to be eaten alive by bugs, I actually love camping. How, where do you come down on bug spray? I mean, I'll use it, but like I have to use so it's it's just like a constant. Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, that's no fun it's at all. It's just and I'm and I'm horribly horribly allergic. Like I I will like blow up <gasps> with bites and yeah, so oh, it's bad. That's not fun. Yeah, so it's not super fun. But so I live do vicariously. Love, like, and I we do can, love the camping, and we can live vicariously through Jack, who is on his way to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where he's going to have to hike in two miles to get to the site. Yeah. And what makes me anxious for you, Jack, is wh- where is your water coming from, and how? And this brings me to the first question: Is how do you, Jolie, recommend going about doing the dishes at camp, especially when you have to carry your water? Yeah. So, Jack, first question goes to you. Where is your water coming from? Well, this is uh, something I've been researching for the past week because we are very close to Lake Superior. I, I just don't know what the drinking quality is and or if I could maybe grab a filter and filter that lake water because that would be easiest. So mm-hmm. I have to do a little bit. That, that, that was what I was hoping to do, you know, like buy one of those little water filters and um i know like a brita no no not like (laughs) (laughs) they sell these little pens that you can use in the wilderness to um, make it's like uv light right yeah yeah something like that uv it just irradiates everything something like that um well so that's a good place to start actually because really the the how you do dishes questions really depends on whether or not you're in a place with potable water or not right so that that makes your biggest biggest difference can you wash your dishes with not and just Potable means drinkable. Yes. Can you wash your dishes with non-potable water? Yeah, you can. You just want to take an extra step if you're going to do that. Um, and that actually, let me take you through the sort of the basic steps, um, and the with the understanding that all of these should sort of be like modified for your particular camping situation, and and like how much of a no trace left behind kind of person you are, because everyone has a different way of camping and it's not for me to to tell you which way is right or wrong or judge i it's not my camping um so really the the sort of basics of it um are to have three wash bins um that can be anything you can get those plastic wash bins. i kind of recommend that people if you're going to camp more than once like if that's going to be a thing you're going to do um get the plastic wash bins they're good also just for packing a lot of stuff because you can pack things in them and then take that stuff out and use them as your wash bin so that's convenient um have three of those you don't need to fill them up all the way with water so halfway up is fine you're going to have one for washing 
one for rinsing and one for sterilizing. So it's the third one that's kind of the wild card one. And you can sterilize in three different ways. Um, You can just use boiling water. If you're going to go that route, you want to have tongs that are kind of heavy-duty tongs because even with dish gloves, you don't want to be sticking your dish gloved hand into boiling water. It's going to be too much. So the tongs will let you take things in and and take them out. Um, You can also use bleach. It's controversial because sometimes people who can't sometimes don't want to be dumping bleach water. The amount of bleach you're using is so minimal, though. Are we talking like a cap full and a half? We're talking a, a teaspoon to a gallon of water. Whoa, that li- and that has an effect. Yes. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. And that's it. So, um, but you have to balance that with, you know, if everybody else is using a teaspoon of bleach, that adds up. And you have to balance how comfortable you feel with doing that. Um, so that's a personal choice that you have to make based on where you're going and your type of camping. The last thing is there are sterilizing tablets. Um, this is probably the best thing if you're an avid camper and a, and a frequent camper. This is probably the best thing to do. You can get a, a, a container of about 150 tabs for a little under $10 on Amazon. They're called Steramine. Um I might be mispronouncing that. Uh, and what you do is you take one of them. They're also, they're used in like hospitals. They're used in dishwashing, in restaurants and bars. Um, what you do is you take one tablet and you dissolve it in a gallon of water. And it, it will, so you can you, doesn't even need to be hot water. It can be cold water. Um, and you dump the dishes in, leave them in. I think it's two minutes that you have to leave them in to get the effect. And then take it out and they'll be sterilized. So let's talk about the steps as the camp dishwasher that you go through you have the plates so we have plastic reusable plates okay they have bits of food on them okay wipe them off first into a garbage can into a garbage can yeah. okay yeah and then they go into the first bin which has soapy water soapy in it, water which and should be hot uh it's yeah ideally hot if it's cool that's okay too because really the the end of the line the sterilizing is where anything that you would need hot water will undo the effects of it. It doesn't matter. So let me ask you a question. My biggest pet peeve or like the only thing I get grossed out by camping is the kind of grease film left behind on the dishes. The night, Like if you didn't do a good enough job mm. like the night before if there had yeah. been some, you know, drinking involved and you're like, oh, no. just like... <laughs> During a camping trip? Not me. <laughs> and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, like oh, uh, this is yeah. kind of... Sm-. So the water, even cool water will get rid of that film if you use... If you're, soap. I mean, if you're making things that are greasier, use hot water. It's just going to do a better job of cutting the grease. Absolutely. Okay. So but you, you can know, heat some, like a But kettle. if you're like eating sandwiches, uh, yeah, I mean, right. you know, it's like an extra step to heat water because you got to heat it on the on your fire and all of that right, right, good right. stuff. So, um, so that's sort of one of those variations um, that you can decide for yourself based on what you're eating and your camping style and your, how much time you have to boil water and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, one really important thing to mention, actually, about the soap stage, the first, the first, your first bin, uh, always use a biodegradable soap. I think this is probably a, you know, a no-brainer no for people who camp, but it's worth saying. Um, back when I was... 14, 25 years ago, that picture is 25 years old of me wow. camping. Um, we used Dr. Bronner's. Um, I love Dr. Bronner. I still have like a very soft spot in my heart for Dr. Bronner's because of that camping trip. Um, 
that was like a very seminal trip in my life. And so we used that, but we, we didn't have as many options as we have now. Um, so if you don't want to use Dr. Bronner, something like seventh generation soap would be fine. Even, I mean, listen, I think it's a little pricey to be taking on a camping trip, but like Mrs. Myers would be fine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that's, a, it's a little too, too for camping right, right, right. <laughs> to my mind. But, um, so biodegradable soap, that's a, that's a big one. Um, so yeah, okay. So you're gonna okay. So do, now do we've, washing. Got, we've got all our plates wiped off. Now, do you do one plate at a time through each bin, or do you do you get all the bin, all the plates into bin one, and then r- rinse everybody, and then put everybody in sterilization, or do you do it like conveyor belt style? I think it depends how many helping hands you have. Okay, right. If you have helping hands, uh, you can do it conveyor belt style. So yeah. you have like one person, one like person scraping on and washing yeah. and then another person. Yeah. See, we've been taking our son camping since he was, I think, six months old was our first trip okay. with him. Oh, my God. So he's going to be like a helping hand soon. But right now it's like one. My husband really is like, you take care of the baby. I will do every the toddler. I will do everything else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I have to say the last trip that we took, we had the ratio was two toddlers to three adults. And that was like the that was the maximum like. If we if we didn't have that third adult, you can't have two. We couldn't have had two toddlers. I don't know how people do it with two kids. I swear. Yeah, no, that seems like too much for me. But they were cool. They had each other. They were like traipsing around in the woods, blowing bubbles. My son has differentiated himself because he refuses to take his clothing off. And our camping family partnership, <laughs> she refuses to put her clothing on. So we had these adorable pictures of them. Like I'm washing <laughs> dishes, and there's a naked baby in her hiking boots, and James fully clothed, like chasing her around. It's really oh my cute. gosh, that's really funny. So like it's like if as long as there's no other distraction. I don't mind being the only person doing the dishes. Right. So then- if you're the only one doing them, I would say do all the wash, all the rinse, all the sterilize. You know, it's just going to save you time. If you've got multiple, if you've got helping hands, do it, um, you know, assembly line style. And, so then you the, get- and the thing is, is actually it's actually a good activity for kids once they get to the age where they can do, where they're not treating it like a water table for playtime. Because <laughs> that's kind of the risk. At, yes. You know, at toddler age, when they're like able to help safely they might still think it's playtime obviously the one place where you don't want them is in that sterilization bin regardless of whether you're using the hot water or you know the boiling water or the bleach or the the sterilizing tabs just not a great idea for a kid the other thing actually to mention about the sterilizing tab this is a very good feature that they have uh they will turn the water blue so it, they're biodegradable i checked all of this they're biodegradable they're non-caustic they're safe to touch um, so, you know, putting, putting your bare hand in the water of sterilizing tab water is not going to do anything bad to you. Um, but it does turn it blue so that you know that that's your sterile water. Don't drink that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would really be dipping into the wash bins anyway for yeah. a glass of water, but just in case. Cup. So, right. um, but that's like, yeah, but that's like a nice, a nice feature. of those. See, and what I thought you were going to say was it would turn blue. And then when it no longer had its power, it would fade back to clear. And then you knew you needed a new tab. Oh, patent pending. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't know that it does lose its power though. Like it's- in the commercial kitchen, like in the three compartment sink, you're supposed to change the sterilizing water every so often, depending on your concentration. Oh yeah, well that makes sense. Right. That, yeah, but I guess if okay. you're camp, like if you're camping, you're doing. It's not going to go. You're probably not doing that many dishes, right? If I you mean, are, we should reevaluate your menu choices. Because you right. Spend well, actually, day. and here this is like another. Speaking of menu choices, this is another really good thing to consider. Is that things that are often meats, particularly that are often bacteria laden. 
are probably things you want to leave off the menu for camping just because of the cleaning situation like you don't really want to be handling raw chicken when you're in an environment where you don't have hot running water and or refrigeration or refrigeration um and can't be washing your hands and you're cutting but you know everything that that's coming in contact with so maybe like either skip the chicken or cook it at home and bring it up cooked and you know, I'll tell po- you, I'll poach tell it you. and then throw it on the grill for that tasty grilled flavor or something, you know. What we do is I marinate chicken in a gallon bag for the first day and then I put some sort of beef or other bigger chunk of meat like a London broil in a marinade in a freezer bag in the freezer and freeze it solid. And then when we pack the cooler, and this is not going to be practical for Jack who's hiking in, but for car camping, put the chicken in and then put the steak in on top and that acts like an and can, ice yeah, thing. Ice pack. Um, exactly. Very smart, Emily. And then and because delicious it's sounding delicious too. and because it's in a gallon bag, it goes straight from the bag onto the fire. Right. And then so the it's not bag touching the anything. We, there's no cutting board involved. There's yeah. no knife involved. So it goes straight. But yes, I mean, Trying to cut raw chicken at camp makes my like skin crawl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to do that. Yeah. Okay. So then how do you dry the dishes? Is it prudent to let them air dry? Do you just do you wipe them like you would with towels? I think, I think you're better off drying them immediately. And here's why. That's actually going to take, if there is any of that greasy residue, the drying it with a dish rag is going gonna, is gonna to pick some of it up. So I think that you're better off drying it. You know, again, this is like a no impact thing that people have a different feeling about whether you want to use paper towels to be wiping the plates before you wash them and what you want to be using to dry them if you want to be using paper towels or if you want to bring dish rags um a friend of mine who actually is a frequent camper and a a fellow clean person also um said that she brings dish rags up and then during the daytime she'll like lay them flat in the sun to dry them and kind of like, you know, let the sun do its magic mm-hmm, disinfecting mm-hmm. work that the sun does. That, um, that's a real thing, right? I believe in that. Like, I'll just hang out in the sun. It'll be fine. Yeah, it has deodorizing powers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. That's it. Nothing's going to survive in a dry environment like yeah. that. So that brings us to sort of our second question is now we have dirty dish rags at the end of our trip and dirty clothes. And this extends beyond a camping trip. Right. How do you deal with your dirty stuff when you're traveling? Do you pack like, I thought maybe pack one of those big laundry bags that you get in for 50 cents from the machine that has yep. the drawstring top. Yep. Those you, are great. Walk me through how you do this. My husband's go-to is just stick the dirty clothes in the little side pockets of the suitcase and that, I don't like that. No, I don't love that so much. I just feel like that's kind of a, that's kind of a pain. Mm. And then you have dirty side pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus I'd rather use the side pockets for other stuff. Like maybe shoes actually are great. The problem with shoes. So I use shoe bags, but uh, you know, I mean, I'm me, right? So no, no one has to do that. Um, (laughs) see, and I just thought you take multiple shoes, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh yes, I do. Oh yes, I do. Um, so I use shoe bags. Um, if you don't want to use shoe bags, just when you pack your shoes, make sure that you're turning the soles away from your clothes. So the, shoes are, the soles of your shoes are really dirty, so you don't want them on your clothes. Um, side pockets are a great place for shoes for that reason. Um, another good thing for shoes, if you don't have dedicated shoe bags like I have, uh, which are like mine are monogrammed. 
Of course. Um, just, to, just to take the ridiculata further. No, wait, let me ask you. Did you purchase these for yourself? Or no, were these, these were all gifts. And, okay. and, like, and, I have, and I have multiple of them because people buy, you know, would buy them for their bridesmaids' gifts. And, you know, it's like all that kind of hostess, you know, thank you for throwing a bridal shower type gifts. Sure, it was all that. sure. Wedding, your friends know you well. It was like a decade of weddings. <laughs> like, just netted me all of these <laughs> shoe bags of J's on them. Um, oh, so, um, but if you don't have dedicated shoe bags, uh, plastic grocery bags work great for putting shoes in. Plastic grocery bags are also my go-to for laundry bags. So um, I recently wrote a post for... Ra- I, I have a column, a regular column at Racked National in addition to my regular column at Deadspin. Um, and the Racked column is like fashion cleaning. It's more female-focused and it's a little girlier and it's fun. Um, but I did a thing recently for them about packing strategies for travel and talked about my grocery bag, plastic grocery bag um, trick for the laundry. And I actually take it a little, which is a common one. A lot of people do that. I take it a step further. I always bring at least two so that when I'm on the go, I can separate my dirty laundry by whites and darks, which means when I get home, it's already sorted and ready to go right into the wash, which like, it's not that it saves all that much time, but it's like, it's such an easy thing to do that it just makes sense to me and I and so I do it so I recommend other people do it um when I wrote that piece someone um commented she she was like I have a family so when I'm traveling I'm traveling with four you know my my husband my two kids and me she said so I just bring one of those I bring a full laundry bag just one of those full nylon drawstring laundry bags and then I fill it up and then it goes straight to the laundry room when we come home so I which I thought was is very smart I think, you know, my initial thought was, oh, my God, I would never separate my laundry but on vacation. But now that I'm thinking about it, it makes so much sense because when you get home, the stress of having all of that dirty mm-hmm. laundry, if you just had to, like, dump one bag in the machine and then dump the other bag later on. Yeah, and then the other thing is you're not picking through your dirty clothes. Right, like, right. especially after, I mean, it's, you know, different trips are different trips, but, like, especially after camping, like, that's really, that's grungy. Right. Everything smells those like are a fire like, pit. Like, <laughs> let, let's get real. Like, those are sweaty underwear. Right. You know? Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, I don't want to touch them twice if I don't have Yeah, to. so if it's already sorted, then it's just, exactly. You don't have to touch it. You just dump it right, right in the machine. And, now, this assumes you know. that you sort your laundry, which I Yeah, no, not, every, not, not everyone does. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a movement now towards um, cold water washing for everything, um, except for stuff that's like super, super heavily soiled. And that's, and it's good and it's legitimate. Um, it also means that unless you've got things that um, are red, which are notorious for, for running, um, you can, you can wash whites and colors together on cold water and you should be mm-hmm. fine. If you're worried, those color catchers are good and they do work. So Shout makes them and Carbona make some it's like I, a sheet right that it's you like put a in? sheet that goes in yeah and what we'll, magic is that you know i don't i don't know and i i am i'm starting to as you know starting to plan for season two of my podcast which i have to say thank you emily you got me my podcast here i'm so happy on, to have you in the HR family heritage radio network and i love it it has been a joy it has been a joy so i'm and it's starting called ask a clean person. it's called ask a clean person mm-hmm. um yeah wednesdays at 11 a.m um, and I wrapped up last week. Actually, I wrapped up last week talking about kitchen cleaning. Ah, perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am starting to plan for my next season. And I, I was thinking that I might actually reach out to someone at Carbona 
and see if they can like send me their science to their scientists to like explain be, how the collar catcher works i would that love would to know that wouldn't that be yeah. really interesting i would love to know that because yeah to me that's just this like it's either not true and it's just marketing or no i know it works like, because people who don't work for the company email me and are like these things really work they're amazing and i owe yeah. you thanks because you t- said that to me about magic erasers and i will never go back Oh, they're, they are magic. Yeah, they are. They're yep. absolutely they are. magic. So, Jack, let me ask you, do you have any follow-up camping cleaning questions, or did we touch on the two major ones? I think you touched on it. Are you so excited? I'm very excited. I saw that you posted on Twitter that your weather forecast is not promising. It's not. It's really not. It's like we're, we're spending two nights in Detroit, two nights uh, at a place called Sleeping Bear Dunes by Traverse City, two nights in the Upper Peninsula, and two nights in Chicago, and it seems like the rain is just following mm. us when oh, I look no. at the forecast. That but can you never change. know, that right? I mean, this time of year, I wouldn't take any of that to, to, to heart Nothing yet. higher than a 40 or 50% chance. So You'll I'm, be I'm, fine. You know, hopefully the coin flips the right way. And is it just you and your lady friend? Yes, it is. Have a wonderful time. Thank you. Jolene. I'll report on all the delicious foods from all these areas. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I sent you Slow's Barbecue in Detroit, and then I remembered that you're traveling with a vegan. Vegetarian. Pescatarian. Pescatarian. Oh, it's not so oh, horrible. Oh, okay. So there will be fish on. Uh, she can catfish. get some fish. Yeah, yeah she'll yeah, get catfish yeah. in Exactly. Slows. Have a wonderful time. Thank you. And uh, the season is, I mean, this is, this is episode, I really wanted to end on episode 100, too, but it's 98, so we'll come back and we'll start with episode 99, which I think that's got some yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of cool poetic, <laughs> like, <laughs> roll doll shelf Silverstein weirdness to it. Um, I want to thank Che for reaching out and everyone who sent me feedback. I really appreciate uh, what you have said, and I take all of your tips to heart, and I know that it's, you know, I want to make myself vulnerable because I'm asking you to ask me questions and make yourselves vulnerable, and so I really, really, truly appreciate it. Um, I'll give you a little piece of homework over the break. If you have not yet gone to iTunes and given us a rating, I would really appreciate it. We got a new rating, which I was very excited about. It just yeah. was five stars. Nobody wrote anything, but it was like, hey, Woo, we, got, take it. we got another one. That's awesome. And while you're there, give my show a rating. Subscribe to Jolie's podcast. Yeah, she's incredibly funny. She has great guests. You're super, super talented, you. and I, I love your niche because I, I am like a, I'm, I'm clean person adjacent. <laughs> That's a good way to describe. It. You're a clean person in training. I'm a clean person in training. I'm, I'm getting much better. Having a kid has made me much, much better because, like, man, you get real, you get real close and personal with, with disasters. Yes. So we are. Uh, I'm doing that. I'm going to go camping for four days with him while we're away. I will take up your, take you up on all of your advice. And we're going to go up to um, Brian Alberg, who was on our show a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. He has the Red Lion Inn. We are going to go up and stay at his new place in Pittsfield. And so I will report back on that. I'm very excited. Very cool. So overnight for Mark's birthday, Grandma and Grandpa are, teaching, are keeping JP at home. And so... Everyone who's recommended something for us to do in the Berkshires, no thank you. Like, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) Well. Yeah. We're going to be there for 24 hours. Use your mind. Use your heads. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to that. And then we're going to come back with a brand new season. Um, Well, I'm going to post the themes, I think, on the website while we're on the break. And so you guys can see sort of our overview. If you have interesting guests that you want to see that might be relevant i would love uh tips um i'm really looking for someone who wants to come on and talk about family dynamics around the holidays someone like 
I got. I, we're we're going to figure this out. Anna and I have our work cut out for us for, <laughs> over the break, but it's going to be it's going to be good. And I want to thank Jack for engineering and everything, Jack, that you do for Heritage Radio Network. We really would not survive without you and your patience. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I my my promise to you is to keep that spreadsheet accurate and filled out. Yeah, listeners are like, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds important. It's very important. <laughs> it's very and Jack important. takes it very seriously. And That's right. I get reminded when I don't do it right. So there are <laughs> there's a little peek behind the curtain. Yes. Maggie, will you be coming back with us next season? No, this oh, is no, it. I gotta go back to school. You gotta go yeah. back to school. Thank you so much for coming on Heritage Radio. Yeah, it's been really fun. Inter Maggie, enjoy uh, everything that your life holds for you. Oh, thank you so much. You're you very too. welcome. Thank you. All right, you guys. That brings us to the end of the show. Oh, we didn't. This was so fast. I'm also going to take breaks, Jack. Yeah. It's okay. I let it slide. It was the last, <laughs> last show of the season. You know. I was kind of wondering about that. I was like, it's oh, like, Emily doesn't have to take breaks, but I have to take no, breaks? No, no, it's, like la- it's like the last day of class, you know, where you can kind of like leave early. There's no homework. Really yeah. Yep, no, Emily does have to take breaks. She just periodically <laughs> completely <Yep>. forgets. <laughs> All right, you guys. I love you all. Enjoy the rest of your summer, listeners. Whatever you do, do it and have fun and keep playing with fire and knives, everybody. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.